This is Thank You Heartbreak. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Lee Trescott. As a breakup coach, relationship advice columnist, and the founder of Break Upward, Chelsea is passionate about human beings and their stories. She talks to people about their journeys in love, growth, heartbreak, revelations, and every wound and lesson along the way. This podcast shines a light on heartbreak, showing you that the most crushing experiences are also your greatest opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings. Now, let's get to the heart of it. Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Lee Truscott, breakup coach and podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak. And this is episode 254 with Janine Thompson. To skip this intro and go right into our conversation, go to the nine minute mark. Before I get into introducing my guest for today, I want you guys to hear a quick burst from our conversation so you can hear a bit of what's ahead. When the seasons of our life shifts, we can go, ah, welcome, dear one. What is this about for me? Mm. How am I asked? to learn to grow and evolve with this gift that's masquerading in the details of challenge, yearning, or crisis. Oh my God, I just loved that moment. And I remember getting emotional when she used that word, welcoming. I had the fortune, really, the fortune and privilege of speaking and connecting with Janine right at the beginning of the year. So it was in January and having her talk with me about welcoming in the painful feelings that I was going through and the uncertainty of my life. And I don't know if any of you, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know about how disorienting heartbreak can be and how thick it can be and claustrophobic and hopeless and you're desperate for an exit and you just can't see what's ahead of you. The idea of welcoming, really opening the door and saying, come in feelings, let me experience you. That can just sound so counterintuitive, especially with painful feelings. The whole thing is, is the pain itself, that feeling feels like the suffering. So why would we say yes to it? You really have to approach it with this curiosity, with this acceptance that this pain, this whatever it is, this season right now, it's meant for you. It's meant to shape and affect you. While you're in it, the reason for it or what it will do for you, you can't know yet. And Janine talks to me about that. You can't know it yet. So you have to lead almost with this assumption that if you can allow yourself to succumb and experience this, that it is meant to improve and enhance and expand your life. And most importantly, your sense of self. And down the line is when you will learn why this had to go this way. So Janine is the author of 911 From Your Soul. She's also a transformational coach. And I really want to read to you from the back of her book, 911 From Your Soul, so you can get a sense of what we're going to be talking about. And if you want to add to your bookshelves, I would absolutely recommend this book. Despite outward success, many of us are still filled with restlessness and a yearning for something more in our lives. Transformational coach Janine Thompson shows us this longing isn't a drive toward more achievement, but rather a desire to return home to ourselves. We are coded to evolve and the greatest invitations in our life often arise masquerading as the details of challenge or crisis. Yet the most powerful source of untapped potential is one many of us have lost sight of. Leveraging her own powerful story and those of her clients, Thompson introduces us to seven key spiritual principles, the soul solution, that empower us to answer the call from our soul and unleash our highest potentiality in all areas of our life. 
Moreover, she shows us how to harness the quote-unquote, the beauty of the and to fully enliven what life is offering to and through us, even in our most challenging moments. Wow, again, I felt very privileged to be able to speak to Janine, and since that was a few months ago, I can definitely tell you that uh, speaking with her and the conversation that you're about to hear helped me, and it's one thing that I can offer you as I've been journeying through my dark night of the soul is by having guests on that are guiding me and I can see what they've been doing for my life and I really want to be able to invite you in on that and also offer you the gift too that they've given to me. Please let me know how you relate to this episode and what you feel after it. Let Janine know. This is meant to create a community and I want you all to feel like you can reach out to me. I know that podcasts are kind of their own private world, but I bring myself into these episodes because I want you to remember that you're not alone with anything and we're constantly all trying to master ourselves. So if you are ever in a place where you are feeling heartbroken and you don't know who to turn to, um, you know, you feel like you've told your friends everything they can hear, I want you to know that you can always come to me. I'm here for you. And there's no one that I don't want to speak to. So please feel free to reach out. Also, one last thing. I read a quote, which is actually a question just the other day that really reminded me of the essence of this conversation and I want you to think about it for yourself. When was the last time you did something for the very first time? I loved that question and also of course the encouragement to be a beginner, to be daring, to think outside your own box, your own comfort zone that you've probably been placing yourself in. Remember that life is here for us to experiment with it. So ask yourself, when was the last time you did something for the very first time? And it's one of the best ways to prompt yourself, especially in the midst of heartbreak or after you've ended a relationship, is to think about, you know, what have I not done before? Because breakups and heartbreaks are a zone of opportunity now for you and I believe the best way to push through and really accelerate beyond the stagnation of heartbreak the hopelessness like I was saying the despair the feeling like something's been taken from you you don't know what your future is now is to think about what can I do do now? What are my possibilities now? And in that, what have I never allowed myself to do before? What is something that I thought I could never do, that I was never into even? And start there. Because if you go from heartbreak to doing something that you have never let yourself do or think you could do, just that act alone will feel like a celebration after heartbreak and in thanks to heartbreak so just think about that thank you as always for being here and keeping my dream alive now let's get into this episode with janine thompson how are you you look like you're in a beautiful place thank you i am in minneapolis I'm looking out at the lake. It looks like I live in a snow globe right now. It's snowing like crazy, which is not my preference, but it is so beautiful. I mean, it literally is just gorgeous. So I'm I was wondering. excited to meet you. I love your show. I always study my host and I just really, I look forward to dancing and dialogue with you. And I, I think it'd be great. Oh my God. Well, you are a needed guide on my path. You are. I feel like when I found out about you and even just the title of your book, 911 Call, I felt like, especially yeah. in December, I just really, really felt, you know, a real like 
911. And so to be able to speak with you um, just feels so timely and just feels so purposeful. And I really always say after doing so many of these episodes, I really believe in the people who are sent to me and the power of listening to them and allowing them to, you know, move me, move me forward. So thank you for being here. I feel like I needed you. It's my honor. And I trust that too. You know, there's an there's just an utter brilliance and intelligence that we simply can't organize on our own that sends us the perfect people or messages or um, whispers of hope mm. and love. And, uh, you know, may I be that for you as well as, as your listeners as well. Yes. You yeah. know, a lot of your book is about remembrance mm-hmm. and you know, how we forget ourselves. And then you just said that word whispering. So I'm curious about, do you really remember for yourself at a young age, having a whisper about who you were meant to be? Yeah, not in that kind of logical way where I could remember it. But as a kid, I had premonitions. I was really dialed in to the energy of people around me, Um, high empath. I just couldn't make sense of it. And it was kind of the antithesis of my religion, too. I grew up in kind of strict religion, which is not a guiding principle of my life in in the same way. And so the foundations of being you know, a spiritual being traversing in a wonder suit started to reveal Mm. themselves at a very young age. I just shut down those abilities because I couldn't make sense of them, nor was I in a place with friends or family who ever talked about such a thing. You know, at the time we we grew up and the power was outside of us. It was up Mm. in the sky. And out there, and if you didn't behave a certain way, you know, you were sinning. And so the power is always outside of us. Mm. And so the remembrance is all about um, the power is within, it's around us, it's beyond us, like it never, ever leaves us. And, and learning to walk through life in such a way that we see the thousands of love notes that mm. life sends us each day, you know? Mm. And that's what I had to learn how to remember. I needed to learn how to remember to walk through life looking for all the ways life was trying to help me see the love that I was. Mm. Help you see the love that you are. Yeah. Mm. So you feel like you may have forgotten that. You may have forgotten. I absolutely did. I did it. I, I not only forgot about it, I purposefully shut it down. And I think that's why I became an evidence-based psychotherapist because it was by the book. It was proven. And mm-hmm. all this, like, what, how did I have messages that I knew I had two um, deaths of high school friends, right, 15 right. and 16. And I had a premonition about the one for sure. And I thought, wow, this is so not right. So I wanted to shut that down, right? I didn't want to know some of that. What yeah. do you mean you had a premonition? Like you, does that mean that? So you- I knew that I woke up that morning and it happened to be a coworker I was working with. And I knew my dad owned a restaurant at the time. And I never in my entire life, went up to his restaurant before school. But that morning I woke up and I went, something's wrong. And I know my dad is there helping. I didn't know the exact person, but a year prior, my best friend had died in front of me. He was in Fayette and my girlfriend and I had skipped class and we were hiding in the weight room watching our best friends. <laughs> I was a bit of a rebel in high school. Of so course. I skipped class and uh, we were watching Beaver and Philip through the door and all of a sudden Beaver collapsed and my dad was on the ambulance squad so you know obviously everything was mayhem I saw him working on him and and he ended up dying of a brain aneurysm unexpectedly so about a year and a quarter year and a half later 
when I woke up that morning, I knew something like that was happening again. I didn't know to whom. So I went up to my dad's restaurant and I said, where's dad? And they're like, he's out on an ambulance call. And I knew it uh, and went to school. And then they had announced the the gal's name who was killed in a car accident that morning and, and stopped school. So I was given little premonitions along the way about good and um, challenging things. But at that time in my life at 15 and 16, I didn't know what to do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a much younger with my family, but it was more about tuning into people's energies. Like mm. my parents would say one thing, but I knew something so differently was going on. Right. And we all know vibe, right? You, when somebody said, how are you? And they go fine. And you're like, oh, so tell me fun. what's really going on. Yeah. 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 So so I think I purposefully shut it down because I didn't know how to make sense to those of those gifts. And then, like I said, I became an evidence-based psychotherapist. And in part, I thought, I want to know the psychology of personality and I'm going to follow the protocol and how to treat people and this whole idea of energy or um, mm. what I now call expanded intelligence. Mm. The, ability to receive downloads, the ability to have clear audience, clairvoyance, whatever it might be, I made fun of. Mm-hmm. And then as life would have it, you know, life has a good giggle with me. <laughs> with her, I think that I am smarter than life. Uh, I get brought down to my knees in some ways. And I get to relearn that um, there's something bigger going on here. Mm. And so um, I, you know, was led to places like yoga and Reiki and studying vast spiritual traditions and working with shamans and healers and things I simply dismissed. And then everything magnetically brought me back to soul. I became obsessed with soul. I'm like, what is it? That's when I had the remembrance that we were spiritual beings traversing in wonder suits. And I'm like, ah, this body is only temporary, but all of us within us are the universe in miniature. We truly do have access to connecting with all available intelligence. So It's been quite the journey, but for everyone listening, life is a training ground Hmm. and mine too was a training ground. I grew up being a peacekeeper, an over-functioner, an over-caretaker. I wanted everybody to, you know, be happy. And those same protective patterns as a child Hmm. became my work Hmm. as a young adult. I had to learn how to live in harmony in this wonder suit. I had to learn how to tap into all that we actually are and came here to be. Mm. So when you were protecting in this place of wanting to keep the peace, what were you giving up? What was the cost of that? Yeah. So I think... The cost has been different based on my age and the relationship, Mm. you know? So when I was younger, trying to keep the peace between my divorced parents or family members, um, I think the cost was, is that I was a young adult from a young age. I always felt hyper responsible. And certainly I seen those patterns follow me all the way into my twenties and thirties. You would have heard me say I all the time. I've got to do this. I've got to make it happen. I've got to take care of this. There was this hyper-perfectionism, this hyper, it's up to me. If things are going to be okay or great or better, it's up to me. So I think that was a cost when I was younger. When I was an adult, those characteristics turned into a cost called ulcerative colitis. You know, I had, my life was out of harmony. I was caretaking so much for others. I wasn't taking care of my own body. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking care of what I call the beauty of the ant. Mm -hmm. 
how do I harmonize this high professional drive and capability with this immense mm, honor of being a mom to Tanner and Taylor? How could I be productive and play? How could I do the and? Um, How could I recognize this human nature and and the more important true essence of my nature of being a divine um, inner genius that we all have. So the cost was different at different points in my life, but they all had a cost physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So some of my own work was simply, I use the word simply, it wasn't always simple in moments, but but it actually is simply to uncover all of the myths, all of the untruths that we've been buried with, that we have been given by our parents, but by the society. We need to unlearn those truths so that we can actually shine and live in joy and greater ease. And man, it's so delicious when you learn how to do that. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that we won't have seasons in life that suck. We will. Mm-hmm. Our most profound wisdom teacher accompanies us every day in nature. Nature te- teaches us every day. There'll be times of great harvest. Mm-hmm. There will be times when we just need to rest and cocoon and be mm. nature teases us teaches us dynamic balance the sun rises and it rejuvenates us and it sets so we can rest and so all around us the laws of the universe come alive through nature in part so the wisdom's always there you know so one of the things i love to do is just wake up every day and go how can I fall in love with life today? Mm. Mm. I wonder, I wonder what love notes I'm going to discover today. And it sets the whole trajectory. Now, does that mean I wake up happy every day? Absolutely not. Does that mean I only live my life in a season of harvest? Absolutely not. But I don't think we're meant to. I think we are meant to live the and. There's going to be great joy and there will be pain. Mm. There's going to be great light and there will be seasons of darkness. There will be great harvest and there will be drought. Mm. And if we can accept what nature's teaching us, then when the seasons of our life shifts, we can go, ah, mm. welcome, dear one. Mm-hmm. What is this about for me? Mm. How am I asked to learn to grow and evolve with this gift that's masquerading in the details of challenge, yearning, or crisis? Mm. Mm. I love that. And I wish you could see my phone uh, album, you know, photos, uh, just so you could see all the love notes that I feel like I find throughout my day and how attuned I am to those. I mean, constantly. I will say, though, that as much as I go out into the world and like you're saying, I love that exercise about waking up and say, you know, how can I look for these love notes? How can I see love out in the world? But what if you're feeling like you don't love yourself or you don't have enough reasons to love yourself and i think that's a part of you know your book and and how you used to be about being performance oriented so what if we're in a place where we're finding it difficult to love ourselves i understand going out into the world and identifying love in others and in the environment yeah but if what we think about ourselves impacts so much what we pick up on and are noticing, like how do we find just the love within? What is a question that we can ask ourselves to help us see that we can love ourselves now? Yeah. So 
I think maybe even right now, um, before I would get to a question, I would simply make a statement, which is welcome. Hmm. You know, it's the antithesis of what we're taught. Tell you what, we are a pain avoidant Mm -hmm. culture. We have been taught that. We have been taught to fix it, to rush to the solve, Mm -hmm. to make it go away, that there's something wrong with us if we're not feeling happy, if we're not feeling that we're lovable. We're, We're taught that we're wrong in that. Maybe not for you because you've been through more, you know, spiritual work. But I tell you what, most of us during that time, I actually think the invitation is simply rest in it. I welcome you. I know I am not this lack of love. I know I'm not this pain. I know I'm not this discomfort. When it's time turn on the light. Mm. But for right now, I'm going to just trust that, you know, in darkness, growth occurs, right? So nature, once again, shows us that in the depth of the dark, deep, dark soil, Mm. seeds Mm. are planted and we can't see them, can't Mm. see them sprout. We can't see them grow. We now know through research, there's even light in black holes. We never knew that. You see, so for yourself and all listeners, there actually is light in dark. Mm-hmm. But I think that when I began with welcome, to just honor it, it's it mm-hmm. will have its own time. And that that part is hard. Like I was Mrs. Chop Chop. I want this fixed. I got stuff to do. I got a big life I'm managing. I do not have time for this, right? And when I was in the 911s, the pause, what I call the in-between, where I had no flipping clue where I was going or what it would take for Mm. these dark moments to reveal themselves. Mm. I literally had to learn to say welcome and and uh, cradle myself and just be with it. How does that feel and sound given how you described your December? God, about it, I get so emotional. That's beautiful. Actually, I welcome that. There is our our body truth precedes our mind lies. So um, I was taught in hypnosis that um, if we don't allow ourselves to weep, our organs will weep for us. And so um, welcome that. It's just another layer of opening the light thank you i think that the there's a sense of relief in what you're saying in terms of welcoming i think that you know it it sounds when i'm listening to you that it's not meant to overtake us i think Mm -hmm. i identify with things so much i've always been afraid of falling back into the darkness thinking that that's really the permanent place for me yeah. And that here it is again, or like you said, what have I done wrong to get back here? Mm-hmm. Why, if I was somewhere, if I was doing the right thing, I wouldn't be in this. Yes. It's understandable why, you, why you've why you thought that, because society kind of says that. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, learn it once, and by God, don't have to learn something twice. Right. All of these myths that are actually so detrimental to our physical, mental, spiritual, energetic health, instead of saying, oh my goodness, dear one, we need dark throughout our life Mm. in order to be the brightest light. Mm. 
We don't plant seeds once. We don't rest once at night. The sun doesn't set once for the moon. Right. Nothing about nature happens just once in the dark, ever. Right. And so it is true for every listener, the degree and the frequency of which they are asked to surrender into the arms of love that darkness is, is different. Some Mm. people will go through many periods in their life because I think that they're older souls and there's more, more to be revealed in each Mm. embracing of the dark. Mm. And so maybe, just maybe, this was more about some way life wants and needs to move through you in service to yourself or others, but it's yet to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think makes it feel exciting, you know, in terms of it's not being revealed yet. I think everything is purposeful. Yes. And we want to rush to understand why or know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's that pain avoidant culture that I was Mm. speaking about, right? Right. We are taught to avoid pain, numb it, distract it, avoid it, gratitude it away, spiritual Mm. bypass it away. Like do something, but for heaven's sakes, don't stay there or Mm. you're not enough. Yeah. And it's the opposite. It takes far more resiliency and surrender. Surrender isn't giving up control. Surrender is the gift of saying, I will rest in this infinite love of darkness until the next reveal illuminates. Mm. it's so not what we're taught that's the thing i know and i think that the idea of rest i mean i was told from a young age that anyone that is resting is depressed and not taking advantage of their life yes and we're taught push yourself right resting is idle time yes do a little But my goodness, if you've got a project to do, certainly push harder until it's done and then rest. Rest has always taken a back seat. We didn't actually do stillness as Mm. the most vital practice ever to help us tune into what the highest divine nature in us is trying to move to us, through us, or away from us Mm. for the higher good of all. I never wanted to do meditation. It just never really um, resonated. Or sometimes, to be honest, it's stuff like that and breath work, which you have in your book, it's felt too vulnerable to me. Mm. And I've done it twice now recently. A meditation and the other one was a breathwork meditation and I went in not knowing that that's what was going to happen so I kind of had to just be there for it yeah. and it's crazy because I do see now the significance in the silence and yeah. I realized that you know how much I guess I've been resisting the silence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is why we distract But it was one of the most beautiful things this instructor said to see a person smiling at you, to see a person smiling, watch them looking at you. And I couldn't hold on to someone. I couldn't find a face, one face that was smiling at me. And I started just to see tens and hundreds of all these faces that I've interacted with over the last year. And how they were all smiling because of me, like what they were seeing in me. And it was amazing through this meditation, I realized like it's so real. I became the observer, being able to witness myself smiling and doing that. But it all happened because 
of that silence, of the stillness, really. Like you, that was the word yeah. you used, this being still. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that because that is what stillness does. And we can get to being still in many different ways. So people, I always say, you do you. Like people can mm. get there different ways. The vital breath. And I think it's, I do love the simple practice of one hand on heart center, one on your sacral or near your belly button, because we follow touch in the body. Mm. So the minute we touch heart center, sacral, we soften our 70,000 thoughts a day. We move our energy from our head into the core of our two wisdom centers. And you breathe in through your nose and you feel that hand on your belly expand. And then do an audible exhale. Breathe in through that nose. Feel the hand on the belly exhale. Hold the top note. Audibly exhale. Just that gentle practice of feeling life force. When you feel depressed mm. or mm. anxious or overwhelmed, breath is how we, you know, if you think about it, the umbilical cord through the woman who birthed everybody, right? Vital life force. Well, breath is that vital life force. It rejuvenates your cells. And I see my little cells, those trillions of cells just kind of dance with light. So when I feel depleted, I feel that inhale. I just imagine from my fingertips all the way through my whole being, these mm. little light cells are enlivening. Mm. Mm. And then I will see light gently from the great central center you can call it father sky or god or the universe or whatever you want let's just call it I've father never heard sky. of father sky wow yeah from the great central sun fill your entire head and it goes down your spine and you can feel your spine light up and that light traverses right back up your head to your right brain your left brain, your third eye right between your eyes, your inner eyes, your outer eyes, your inner ears, your outer ears. Like breathe in through your nose and see like gentle life force come in and exhale through your mouth. And just let that light traverse all the way down your shoulders all the way down your arms, your little fingertips are all lit up, your chest, your heart, your stomach, your sacral, your hips, your thighs, your upper legs, lower legs, down through your feet. So like right now, imagine your whole body is just kind of lit up with mm -hmm. light. And that light traverses down into the earth, gently out of the bottom of your feet. All the rich layers of the earth, it penetrates. The crystalline grid in the middle of the earth lights up. And it sends that light ever so gently back up through the earth, because the earth nourishes us too. Back up the bottom of your feet, all the way through your body. So here you are now, you're connected source to source, our very light sources from the central sun to Mother Earth. And they meet in your heart, your heart space. In front of you, you're radiating light. In back of you, you're radiating light. To the left of you, you're radiating light. To the right of you. So right now you're supported, you're held, you're loved. And you infused your light body, which is all we are, with light. And then you just get a rest in the arms of your breath, which is love. Mm. Mm. I 
love that you did that for us. You're wow. So I ground source to source. Again, it's important for your listeners to choose their own language. I happen to use soul, not from a religious perspective, but from a, a mystical mm. understanding that we are eternal, never born, never die, that the soul is the part of you that already knows your mm. answer. Part of you already knows the way. It's when we spend too much time in our earth view mind, we get lost and we mm. punish ourselves. But your soul knows the way. Your soul knows those times when you squelch your truth. You speak mm. something out loud and the second you speak it, you're like, oh God, that so wasn't right. Your little body clenches, you know? So, but if soul doesn't work for you, maybe IntelliKey will. The Greeks have this wonderful philosophy of IntelliKey. It's the IntelliKey of an acorn seed to become an oak tree. Mm. It's the IntelliKey of a caterpillar to become a butterfly. Well, you too, my dear, have an IntelliKey, a seed of potential that is to be realized. You will never miss your train of realization. So I rest in source to source. Mm. And I know that when I get out of my human mind that says, chop, chop, Janine Thompson, the years are clicking by. You got a lot right. of stuff to do here, pumpkin. Get on it. But I rest and I'm like, ah, yes. I too have an IntelliKey, a soul, the seed of potential. It knows the way. It's my human mind. Those 70,000 thoughts a day that are kicking up a storm and telling me that I'm not enough and telling me that whatever or telling your listeners that experiences that they've been through somehow mean they're not enough. This source-to-source -source practice helps us truly meet in our heart space, being guided, infused, illuminated, protected mm. by life force all around us. And it will carry us and hold us through our darkest times, always. Mm. On my wrist, it says, be the light. Yeah. And that was my, you know, intention last year. What I like now is, um, yeah, I like how you're saying that source to source and yeah. being in the light and hearing that meditation, it just makes me think about by having this practice, how we stop living in that human mind. It, it yes. creates a pause away from that. Yes. You know? You've had to really transform though. I hear have. about how you used to laugh at these things. Oh my God. And just for like your ability just to say all that and like come up with all those words and the visuals and it just is, it's a whole other life that you're envisioning, you know? <laughs> it is indeed and it's one I ran from my dear because I feared being rejected. My first professional career for a decade was what we call evidence-based psychotherapy, treating obsessive compulsive disorders, anxiety disorders, panic disorders, etc. So I did that nearly a decade by the book, Research Only Proven. Then I got called to go to Best Buy. I led their leadership development programs, high potential, head of international HR for across the world. And, you know, again, in business, we follow best practices. Uh, what was the best in innovation and productivity and leading teams, da, 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 da. But you see, our soul always knows when it's time for growth. Mm. Always. We get little whispers. I got a whisper that I felt successful yet unfulfilled. Yeah. I told my girlfriend on vacation in Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah, that I can't do this forever. And I was going to leave when the kids graduate from high school. Honest to God, I just about dropped my cocktail because that wasn't so not my human plan. My human plan was kids graduate and then I'll move on with life. But I ignored it. Even though I knew I was successful yet unfulfilled, I ignored the whispers uh -huh. 
because it wasn't in my timing. Yes. It wasn't in my human plan and I was scared. And that's why I think life brought me to all the things I used to make fun of because there was only... Mm. When you're an evidence-based psychotherapist, you think about thoughts, you think of cognitive behavioral therapy, thoughts and behaviors, and how do we change limiting beliefs? Mm. By the way, there's huge value in that. So I want to be very careful. I love those 10 years of my professional service, and there's tremendous value. And then I was in the business world. So I had tangent, ground, you know, uh, tangible, grounded Fortune 50 executive business experience. And then I moved to the spiritual growth energy world where for the first time in my life, it wasn't just mind and body. It was mind, body, soul, spirit, all these levels. And I began to see ourselves as nesting dolls. I could nesting take dolls. Off, yeah, the physical layer. I could take off the emotional layer and I could learn how to rest in the mystical spiritual heart the mystics had taught me about. But I didn't know about a spiritual heart before. I knew about the pump organ heart. And I knew about emotions of love, which um, it was an important distinction. Emotional love is exhilarating. It's devastating. <sighs> Right. So sometimes people will say, gosh, my heart led me astray. Uh-uh, honey. You you <laughs> were listening to the emotional side. Maybe uh-huh. didn't go the way that you wanted it to. But if we take off one more layer of the nesting doll, there's another subtle layer of energy called the spiritual heart. The spiritual and heart? Spiritual heart. Okay. The mystics used to call it the mystical heart, the cosmic heart or spiritual heart. That's where I rest. So when I'm in in day-to-day periods of stillness, I imagine that I get off all these other layers and I just rest in the sanctuary of my heart. And sometimes I'll even see little visions of who's in my sanctuary. And sometimes I'll get playful and maybe see record books, or sometimes I'll see geniuses or I'll see my higher self. Mm. But I know that it is in that deepest spiritual layer if mm. I just rest there in divine time, not Janine Thompson's human timing, mm-hmm. which is a bit impatient. In divine timing, all will be revealed. Mm. But when you're tired, when I'm tired, I so I do source to source. I run body uh, light through my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually miss energy, but there are days that I'm not. And I'm always light. But when I consciously fill my body and ask to be supported from the wisdom beyond and this earth school, the earth's rich love and nourishment, then I am sustained and fed mm. and held at a different level. Mm. Because I'm thinking like someone that's going through a breakup, let's say, you know, and or, you know, they've been disappointed by someone. Is this yes. something that they could almost do immediately after kind of to collect themselves? Right. Yes. Do you think that after you do it, you feel like once you've done it, you come out of it and you're no longer impacted or thinking like you were thinking before? I think that the experience will vary. So I think you'll be impacted less at minimum, right? Right. And then sometimes I think in earth school, we've all got a set of life lessons, but they're different for everyone. Right. So for me, one of my life lessons was boundary setting. I learned as kids not to set boundaries because I was the peacekeeper. So I was keeping dad happy and siblings happy and friends and on honestly anybody I met stranger on the street I was like oh how can I help you (laughs) you know and so so that's one of my lifelong lessons Mm. I think that for the rest of my life I will need to be mindful around that because I love people so so much Mm. I want more in the world for them to live Mm their spiritual nature, that I need to be really mindful that I can Mm. teach and guide 
but their soul knows the way for them. Their soul knows the timing, not me. Mm. And so, um, so I always have to watch the boundaries. I have to listen to my body a lot uh, to make sure I don't overcommit. So that's a, that's what I would call a, a life lesson for me. Some lessons are one and done, man. I learned a lesson and it was a one and done. Wow. It was a messy moment, messy choice learned. Thank God it didn't end up worse than it did. And then I just go, okay, thank you. One and done. I don't need to learn that Mm -hmm. one again. So we got to distinguish between our one and dones and our lifelongs. But going back to the spiritual heart, I think like with my clients, when I'm helping them peel this back a little bit, their narrative often when they come to me is my heart led me astray. Like, wow, really? Yeah. That's the lie. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, you know, we're taught spiritually, trust your heart, trust your feelings, da 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 da. And you will come to see I'm a far more nuanced spiritual growth is extraordinarily nuanced. And I am very nuanced. And I'm like, listen. I think you were connecting in at the level of the emotional heart. You wanted and your mind wanted this relationship. You had told yourself, this is the one I see this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. even if they had messy behaviors, you rationalized it because in moments they were showing up and shining just as you hoped they would. But that was much more of an emotional connection or a Mm. mind narrative when we commune and we, when I'm moving my hands, I don't know if people get video of this or not. They're probably like, what you doing there? I'm taking the nesting. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing it. I'm with it. When we rest into the spiritual heart and say, teach me, what is it I to know or learn through this? You get a very different answer. It's not emotional. And mm. see, when we're in the emotional lab- level, we have the emotional liability. We call it liability in psychology, the ups and downs, the highs and lows. Now, listen, we want our emotional heart to be alive because it makes life rich with these like delicious times of joy that are incredible, right? But even the depths of pain, like I felt with some great losses in my life. They too were a companion and a mentor for me. They taught me about Hmm. impermanency. Hmm. They taught me to truly value this moment because this Hmm. moment's never going to be there again. They taught me to value myself and say, Janine Thompson, sweetheart, I know you love him, but he is not treating you in loving ways. Mm. So it, there's a different discernment that happens in the deeper level of our spiritual heart. So our heart never leads us astray. Mm. Not, not the spiritual heart. The emotional heart can Just as when people say, follow your heart, follow how you feel. When I'm working with clients who are depressed or anxious, listen, sometimes they don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to shower for a day. You can't follow the emotional feeling because that may not serve you. You may literally have to crawl out of bed and crawl Mm -hmm. into the bathtub and splash some water on because it's a healthier thing to do to start getting the circulation moving, to feel clean, to maybe energetically wipe off and release the heaviness to, in your imagination, unlock the chains that are binding your ankles down so we can allow liberation. So I'm careful. I think emotions can be um, delicious, challenging, always a beautiful messenger, but I drop down to a deeper level of the cosmic mystical spiritual heart for discernment of truth. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, it seems like when you talk about the emotional heart, that's more where the stories live. So when people come to you and they say, my heart's been, you know, led astray and you want to talk about those stories and come up with these, you know, um, well, stories to show that. Yeah. Instead, when you get them to pause and go into the spiritual heart, that's where the truth lies. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so sometimes people just need, um, you know, a moment or a session to process this was hard, this was wrong, this sucked, this wasn't fair, it wasn't how it was supposed to go. Sometimes we actually just need a container to get that energy out, right? Mm. So I want to honor that grieving because at the end of the day, it's grieving mm. and we all need to grieve, mm. but I don't want them to live there mm. because our highest intelligence is within our heart and our sacral. And there's kind of a difference. I'm a science and soul junkie. I am a nerd for sure. Are you? Oh my yes. God. I know. There's this crazy combination, a, a nerdy mystic, I guess I would call it. Um, you know, science would say from Heart Math Institute, and I and I love them so much because they've made my work so much easier in letting us know that the heart is actually a brain. At the yeah, level that was wild. Right? You talking about yeah. that? I had yeah, never heard brains, about that. Right? None of us never ever heard about that. We were always taught go to your big brain. To come to find out, seventy to eighty, the information is gut brain, heart brain, head brain. Like that's super important because we don't want to start with our big brains. We actually want to start in our wisdom centers, and then of course we're going to call on the intelligence of our head brain because we need it for um, access to logic and analytics and organization and sorting and all sorts of good stuff. But even in the HMI data, they view kind of the heart brain as more of the affective intelligence. And I would say that's science. And then when we go to spirituality, then we go, oh, not just one level of heart brain, we got three levels of heart, physical heart, emotional heart, spiritual mm. heart, right? So that's why I'm a science and a soul girl. Beauty of the end. Yes, I'm going to leverage the science all day long. Why not? I just don't start there. I start with the wisdom I believe we are here to learn. The power we are to learn to free ourselves. Mm. The love we are invited to recognize that is steady, ever present, and never wavers. That's the truth of who we are. You see, us humans view love as capricious. It's a little unpredictable, perhaps mm -hmm. not safe, but actually love in its purest form is steady, mm. ever available, has nothing to do with worthiness, has mm. nothing to do with what has happened to us, what we've done to others, has nothing to do with any of those things. What does it have to do with? I know if you read your book, you can find out, but I, I feel like the follow-up question needs to be just, what does it have to do with? Because this is a yeah. huge distinction for people. Speaking about yeah. distinctions, I mean, most people think of love as being in relation with another person, something that you're giving or receiving from another person. Yes. You know, so it's all based on conditions. It's all based on situations. Right? And we withhold but love all the time. All the time. And we like to say we don't, but make no mistakes. We hold it on orientation. We hold it on color. We hold it on socioeconomic status. We hold it on our own biases. Like love meant you should have cleaned this or you should have cleaned it in this exact way or love. I mean, there's, it's, right. it's all conditioned. Tireless. It's tireless. Yeah. I think love is all that is. Every single thing. I can look outside and I can see the sparkling snow diamonds as I see them dancing through the sky as love. I will see you as love. I don't need to know anything about you. Whatever you do or don't say today, it is who we are. 
It is who we are before we began. It's who we are as we end. And you know what? It is who we are throughout our entire gig here in Earth School, despite our human choices, despite labels, judgment, all that nonsense that is simply human nature. Love just is. Mm. And it is everyone we meet. Mm. It is everything we meet. Mm. It's simply energy. Mm. Mm. Where can people work with you? How can they find you to work with you? So you can find me at my website. I'm janinethompson.net. So that's J-E-A-N-I-N-E, Thompson, uh, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.net. And I invite your listeners, like, drop me a note, please. What do you think of our dance in love together this last Mm -hmm. hour? And what are you willing to put into the hopper of consideration? Because I realize I come from way out there for some people, right? So find me, JanineThompson.net. You can find my book, 911 from Your Soul, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, support your community if that's what makes your soul sing. Um, You can find me on Instagram, underscore Janine Thompson, underscore. You can find me and uh, please do. And I would say that the book, whether people are going through a 911 or not, is equally transformative. There are seven key spiritual principles in there that every day can become your blueprint to living more as your inner genius, your divine nature. And then the second that earth school view pops up, you can go noted, noted, pumpkin, noted, and then step right back into, huh, if I were in my soul view, if I were in my authentic truth, how might I see this? Mm-hmm. How might I see another experience another? Mm-hmm. I'm so excited because you know your own code. You're coded mm-hmm. to evolve, and we're all just finding our, our way back home. Mm. I would love to ask you one more question. Yeah. I coined the word break upward, and I'm curious yeah. what your take might be on that. Break upward. Well, first of all, I love the um, upward, right? I mean, I just, I love the contrast. I love light and dark, joy and pain, the beauty of the end, break upward. I'd have to think about it. I might not be a good person to ask because truthfully, my framing right away goes to open upward. Open upward. Now I've never heard that, open upward. And however... You and I both know that there's a a marketing thing going on and break upward from that sense is absolutely brilliant. Oh my God. I thought of it years ago. So yeah, put your TM on it. um, If you register the phrase, Um, I guess what I would say, my dear is, you know, like some people love 911 from your soul. Others didn't. But I knew I was in meditation. You might have seen I wrote my book in the forest. I love that. um, Mm. You know, that came to me in a redwood forest uh, Mm. before this. So I knew that that was the title that was meant to speak to those that were ready for that level of Mm -hmm. growth, right? So trust yourself. I think that there's a brilliance to both. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got this all day long, my thoughts on you. Oh, that's so sweet. That was such a nice thing to say. I love, I love that. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. I, I think about um, just how, you know, both of what we've done in our lives, we've had to bet on ourselves. Yes. And um, it's just a really nice thing to even just hear someone just say, I bet on you. Yes, you know, that's I nice. do. And you know what? We have had to bet on ourselves, but my biggest learning now at 57, I didn't know this in my 20s and 30s for sure, but my biggest learning is that 
there is a golden thread in our dharmic path that will always get us to where we're going. I couldn't have chosen my path. Nobody, nobody that I know of, nor my career counselors, nor certainly not myself said evidence-based research, Fortune 50 exec. I had never taken a single business class. <laughs> Reiki yoga, things I had criticized. Now I'm embarrassed to admit that I did. I was critical and judgmental of it. But you see, we never travel alone. And there was a plan much bigger than that of my human mind. And so all of your listeners are held and supported right now, as are you. And we got to you know, hold on to the steering wheel unless it's a self-driving car, but you get the spirit of the <laughs> message. We, we don't have to grip it. We don't have to figure it all out. We can rest in the intelligence of love and it will guide you and show you the way. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the absolute world if you could pass it on and let other people know about it. How you can support this podcast is really just sharing it, telling people about it. If you know someone that's hurting in their heart, tell them about Thank You Heartbreak. And if you want to be a guest on Thank You Heartbreak, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Thank You Heartbreak, or you can email me directly at Chelsea. C-H-E-L-S-E-A at breakupward, B-R-E-A-K-U-P-W-A-R-D.com. And if you're interested in one-on-one coaching sessions, you can visit my website, breakupward.com slash shop, where you can check out directly from my site. It's a super, 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 super simple process. Of course, I will answer any of your questions before you book. And again, you can email me at chelsea at breakupward.com. There's many different coaching options. And I would love to show up for you as you begin to show up in more wise and clarifying and secure ways for yourself. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.